Hey everyone, welcome to Film Talk, a podcast with two gals talking everything about film, television, and everything in between the reels. I'm your host, Ileana Melendez, critic and head of marketing here at FullCircleCinema.com. And joining me today is my co-host, the ever so lovely Josie Melendez, who is also a critic here at Full Circle Cinema. And we are finally going to be discussing a very long-awaited film. It's been a year mm-hmm. in the making, us waiting for this uh, sequel to Wonder Woman and the newly released Wonder Woman 1984 um, came out on HBO Max and in theaters on Friday, Christmas Day, and it has caused quite a stir on film Twitter and just film in general, social media has kind of been blowing up about the movie and a lot of people have not really liked it for so many different reasons. And I don't know, we were talking about this earlier and I feel like the discourse has been like so opposite each other because some people will hate it for this reason and then other people will hate it for an entirely different reason. And we're gonna talk about it. Um, We're gonna be discussing spoilers because since it's, most people have already seen the movie at this point because it was released on a streaming service, HBO Max, which if you don't have, I do recommend. I think Josie can also recommend because it is actually... I, yeah. <laughs> I understand uh, the price point. I was lucky mm-hmm. enough that it's included since I've had DirecTV for so long. They were like, here, mm-hmm. have HBO Max. So I was blessed in that aspect. If you can't afford it, highly recommend. They have a very good selection not that much original content right now, but everyone loves HBO products. So if you are a fan of HBO products, you're good. Yeah. And a lot of people are actually um, with AT&T. If you have an AT&T plan, there are certain AT&T plans that also include HBO Max, which is how I have it. <laughs> but yeah, we're mm-hmm. going to be discussing spoilers because a lot of people have been able to see the movie and it's been like kind of a long weekend sort of a deal. Um, but you've been warned. If you haven't seen the movie and want to avoid spoilers or you want to see if it's worth watching and don't mind slight spoilers, because we're not going to get into super mega spoiler territory until later on in the discussion. Um, But yeah, if you want to listen to our initial thoughts, then keep on listening. Um, It starts off pretty strong. I'm not going to lie. We, for- It does. (laughs) To really set the scene- I would just like to get out of the way. Um, and I don't mean this in any bitter sense at all, anyway, whatsoever. There are some movies that aren't made for you. This one was made for us. <laughs> That's all I have to say on that. This this one's for the girls. And I mean that in <laughs> We're the We're starting off way. the review strong. <laughs> We're starting off strong. Just to set the scene for our thoughts on it, there are a lot of aspects that people hated that we loved. And for us, it was because it was meant for us. It reached out emotionally to us as women. So that's not in any way bitter sense. You have your opinion. You can think about it in any way, shape, or form. Obviously, we all have the freedom to do that. But yeah, don't, don't be harsh on people that enjoyed it, you know, especially us. <laughs> but yeah, we... 
Wonder Woman 1984 really starts off strong back in Themyscira. It's very reminiscent, obviously, of the first um, installment, which was Wonder Woman. And we get to see Diana as a child. And it's it really, really just Patty Jenkins captured that just sheer joy and magic that transport transports you into this world where it's just strong, independent, incredible warrior women. And you feel it's the, it's that movie magic that makes you feel like a kid again, but we're feeling like little girls again. And of course we teared up. Yeah. I think a lot of us teared up, especially like the same thing happened to me with the first one. Um, and I really didn't expect it to hit me the way that it did with the second one, the same way, if not stronger. Um, but yeah, we do get transported back to Themyscira and we get Robin Wright's character back, which was really nice to see. I always forget her name, but she was, I feel like she's one of the more central um, characters to Diana's early development. And I really like that she came back and we see Diana as a kid growing up and getting into her own and having to deal with her own arrogance and her own flaws. Um, because even though she is basically half God and half Amazonian, she's still very much a child and she's, she acts and she has human behavior. And I really like that we get to see that. I think overall in this movie, we can agree that we get to see a more human Diana Prince rather than the spectacle that is Wonder Woman. And a lot of people didn't like it. I think it worked well in the moments that it did. And yeah, I just... It was very good, very nicely done. And the action, the shots, the the immersion, essentially. If you can see this on a big screen, obviously safely, Josie and I actually very safely um, with the, the measures that needed to be taken, went to see it at a drive-in, which was mm -hmm. our first drive-in. No, my first drive-in experience. Our first drive-in experience at this particular theater chain, yes. which if you're in Puerto Rico... Caribbean Cinemas actually has a very nice drive-in experience and very organized. Um, I also did like a mini review on my Instagram uh, last night, but yeah, do I, I do recommend in terms of the the big screen laser projection quality. It, it is actually worth seeing this movie on the big screen if you can. If you can't, that's totally fine. You can watch it at home and it's still very much enjoyable. But if you don't want to be, you know, magnifying on Steve Trevor's shoes on your laptop like Josie <laughs> he did, um, then watch it on a big yes. screen. <laughs> <laughs> the shoe representation we'll get into later. But yeah, the, the first act of the movie was really um, kind of classic. And I think, Josie, you can talk more about mm -hmm. this, uh, how it does kind of lean into the campiness of the 80s era. And we, especially Josie, who has an affinity for the good cheese, um, it's, it's cheesy in a good way that is highly enjoyable. And uh, it's one of those things that I wish we had as kids. And But it still yeah, makes yeah. me so incredibly happy that the kids of today, especially the little girls of today, have things like this to watch because it, things were very different not that long ago when in terms of female representation in the superhero genre. Yeah, for that scene specifically, I loved how it perfectly manages to create a moment just for little girls. And 
just in general, anyone that wants to have a female figure to look up to as a small child, someone to look up to in general, I think that moment was perfect for that. Uh, the campiness is perfect for the time period that the movie is set in because the entire movie does not feel like an 80s movie. So I think that this small moment, having that time to give in to the campiness was good because it doesn't overwhelm the entire film. Mm -hmm. uh, it's super cheesy, which I admit, but I love the cheese. I love, I am a connoisseur of the cheese. <laughs> so I was very happy with that because it just reminded me of old school, like Superman. I felt a bit of uh, Stranger Things vibes in a good way because I have seen insults using Stranger Things and also back to the future. So it took me back. To, I wasn't born in that. Like I wasn't alive for the 80s, but 80s nostalgia is very strong for people, even if they weren't born in that time, because it's an era that we've seen portrayed so much. And of course, our parents probably made us watch 80s films. So I think that Patty Jenkins took that time to give us that feel and then proceed to tell the story the way it was supposed to be told. So I, I get how people feel about that scene, but I liked it. Yeah, I honestly, it's it's one of those scenes that, again, like from Themyscira, uh, the grandeur of uh, the Greek style warrior goddesses <laughs> that are Themyscirans and Am uh, Amazonian women, um, you have that movie magic, that inner little girl joy shift into the cheesy side of, oh my God, I feel like a little girl watching this. This is so much fun. It, it really kept that tone of the the sheer just glee it is literally mm -hmm. that it just provokes such glee in, in women and, and little girls for, with those scenes and honestly I liked the mall scene and it's not a super huge spoiler because we do get to see quite a bit of that scene in the trailers they kind of led with that in terms of marketing and it's cute I like I liked it it mm -hmm. was really cute and I think it it really helped introduce us back into the world of Diana Prince and I think after that, the story does kind of slow down a bit and then kind of, it finds its footing in the beginning, which after that, I believe we are introduced pretty quickly to Christian Wiig's um, Barbara Minerva, which is, uh, who plays Cheetah in this film. And we were all kind of, I, at the very least, was a bit hesitant when they announced this character because I feel like so many things could have gone wrong. <laughs> especially after mm -hmm. the the film cats from last year you know they could have gone an entirely different route with cheetah and you know it wasn't perfect the way that they they portrayed her but it could have been far worse believe me it could have been they had worse. an advantage yeah 100 they had an advantage because the cheetah scenes were at night Oh, yeah, that's true. So if you make it at night, it's a lot easier to avoid. Yeah, it's a lot mm -hmm. easier to avoid the cringe. <laughs> yeah, it definitely, I didn't feel any cringe during that. Th we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here. But like when yeah. Barbara does become Cheetah, I didn't feel that heavy cringe that one tends to feel mm -hmm. with DC villains. And I say that with no regret whatsoever. 
<laughs> say what you will you know everyone everyone has their favorites but i think that this one was handled pretty well in that particular aspect um but yeah we're coming back a little bit to barbara and minerva it her introduction does feel like an snl skit and i don't we were talking about this last night and i don't know i'm not sure if it felt that way because it's christian wig or because of the way it was written or basically both what I do know is that Christian Wig very much impressed me. She yeah. she had so much fun with that character, and you can tell that she really lit, you know amped up the the awkward um, kind of high school girl um, kind of character that she she introduced herself with. And we I think we can all agree that as soon as she meets Diana Prince, she simp's on sight, which I I can't blame her. None of us can blame her, obviously, but it does lead into what I think was a missed opportunity. And that's kind of, that kind of like eventually kind of leans into the things that we didn't like, or I didn't like particularly. Um, There was quite like after seeing the movie and having it sit with me for a few days and watching it a second time, um, there was queer baiting for sure with um, Barbara Minerva, Minerva and Diana Prince, like, their meeting was that 80s like cool girl wonder woman and kind of nerdy you know uh, phd zoologist whatever other title she had (laughs) meeting immediately nerdy girl asks her out to lunch within 30 60 seconds of meeting her (laughs) and you know diana kind of brushes her off a little bit because she doesn't really socialize which is normal because a lot of people don't talk about this. If Diana becomes friends with someone, she's going to outlive them. That's kind mm-hmm. of depressing. <laughs> Nobody really it talks is. about it. And people are like, oh, but, you know, Diana has everything. She has seen so many people die. <laughs> Y'all, yeah. she, she's kind of low-key immortal. That's why she doesn't really get close to anyone. But that's, you know, a whole other story. But definitely the the introduction with Barbara and how it does feel like they kind of leaned into she seems like a high school nerd, even though this is a woman with a PhD. But it it, it lived up to the cheese and the campiness of it. Uh, I think it was good where it kind of loses its footing and it just kind it. it it doesn't know where it wants to land is more so in the second act for the majority of the characters actually it's kind of, uh, this movie's pretty long i don't know if y'all have seen but it's 2 hours and 30 minutes that was you know 20 to 30 minutes too long and i love wonder woman and we we love wonder woman movies but it really did not need the runtime that it did i think that's i think that's an honest fair constructive criticism about it it didn't need Mm -hmm. to be as long as it did um i think it would not have felt rushed in any way shape or form if it were just two hours maybe two hours and 10 minutes and that's kind of pushing it because the story that we were given was not that complicated y'all it was pretty yeah you you could have cut off 30 minutes and it would have been almost the same in terms of getting the story across to the viewer uh either way i do appreciate how we did spend time developing our villains because they don't feel two-dimensional 
which I do appreciate at least. But either way, you still could have taken out 30 minutes and still would have gotten that same development. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, 100%. And I think we even like decided which bits could just straight yeah. up <laughs> stay in the cutting room floor. Like it, they can be gone. It's not that they're bad. They're just with, you know, for lack of a better word, useless. <laughs> they're just utterly yeah. useless scenes because they don't contribute as much as they think they're contributing. Like they really tried something, yeah. but we didn't need it. Did we enjoy for it? For example. Yeah. When she, there is a scene, this is not a huge spoiler, uh, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Like there's a scene where she's eating by herself just to show that she lives this life of solitude. Mm-hmm. And then there's a scene where this guy takes her taxi and she's looking at a plane. You could have had her sitting outside. She looks up, sees the plane and we get it. She meets, she misses Steve Trevor. Done. You save a minute or two minutes tops there. Hey, it's, you know, it, nickel and dime that run, t- run time to death because you, one minute here, one minute over there, you have a much more tidied movie once you you actually get mm-hmm. into it. Like, I feel like this was a second or third edit. This wasn't a final edit. And <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you had just sat down with it just one more time, you could have cut down on these little details because, okay, we she is in her little own fortress of solitude you didn't have to make it a two minute scene because that felt long, but yeah, it got the point across at the very least. It wasn't utterly useless as was, as opposed to a lot of other things, but where the movie, it's kind of weird because the first hour and a half feel perfectly fine in terms of pacing. Yeah. There's very I little. I did not feel the pacing. Cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's very little that you, you watch. Yeah. Uh, just real quick that I remember I started to Mm -hmm. feel the pacing when there was about 50 minutes left more or less which might sound like a lot to a lot of people but I was genuinely enjoying myself so that contributes obviously but I did like where the and didn't know how it was going to end so yeah I'd say pacing was good up to a certain point but not as bad as people are making it out to be yeah, there were some really, there's a lot of people being really harsh. And I understand constructive criticism, but saying it's incomprehensible and unwatchable, come on, mm-hmm. fam. That, that's a bit Also, much. okay, this might be getting ahead of ourselves, but it mm-hmm. perfectly goes with what we're talking about. Do you think that is due to the fact that it was released in streaming and not in theaters? Hmm. That Do you think that question. affects the way people are watching it? You think that people are a little bit more critical with a uh, medium that media that they consume more comfortably because they be more comfortable to criticize it? Perhaps. Because, because I know that when we saw it, one of the biggest things that I was like geeking out about was I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a weeb for sound design. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a weeb for sound design. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) So when we were sitting in the car Mm -hmm. and the sound mixing and the sound editing sounded so much better when you're in a vehicle or in the theater with this film, because Mm -hmm. you can tell they put so much effort into those details and the score just sounded more impactful. 
while we were watching it at the drive-in than when I listened to it on my poor speakers on my laptop. <laughs> so I think that kind of movie magic definitely influences the way you feel about a film. 100%, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder when you put it that yeah. way, I agree. Because, I, you know, I do remember we started talking about the score way more. <laughs> when we mm-hmm. were at the drive-in we didn't I didn't even notice the score all that much um aside from like those big moments that obviously mm-hmm. the, the incredible composer Hans Zimmer uh developed and when we were at the drive-in you even the subtleties in the score especially for um Barbara Minerva's um character her I love her score so, her score is so um central to her character in a sense and it was so cool how it kept building up it was you know those those kind of stereotypical oh this is you know this is my villain origin story <laughs> I will go down fighting <laughs> for this villain origin story it gave me a little bit like in some moments and I think it's just because cheetah but it gave me a little Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman in some moments but in a good way and I mm-hmm. really like that. I think they could have played it up more. They could have made it a little bit more. She's bad. She's evil. <laughs> but then again, I think we, we also agree that this is also meant for children. <laughs> children are yeah. also watching this. We, they probably don't want to massively market a film where Christian Wig murders a man in cold blood. <laughs> right and on I'm the here sidewalk. Like- excuse me I'd see that commit crime please (laughs) because we felt for her it was basically um this is also leaning into um the second act with Barbara's character she was that other side of that pent-up rage that women feel (laughs) y'all don't even know when women in general experience even just the slightest sexual harassment, um, even though like many women ex- have different experiences and many have experienced far worse, but it's still bad. It shouldn't happen to begin with. And we've most of us have been catcalled or you know harassed mm-hmm. just walking down the street. And that happens with Barbara. And that's also one of the moments where Diana just swoops in and saves her and we got queer baited. But I digress. Hey, we're not going to pretend that, you know, I'm going to put the gif up right here. We're not going to pretend that this was straight. <laughs> Barbara literally was saved by Wonder Woman and fell into her arms and looked at her with awe. Would you not do the same if that happened to you? I died. There was simp. There simp was alert. Simp. We, we were, it, there was a 100% simp alert, but I digress essentially um she was attacked by by this guy that was harassing her and then when she you know has that full circle moment where she has her powers and she's you know stronger and she's losing her her kindness and her humanity in in a sense she lets her rage take over and she beats this guy to a pulp and the only reason she didn't actually like full-on do the crime commit the murder was because of one other character that like somehow was a catalyst for her her empathy, which was like this homeless mm-hmm. guy that she always gave food to and and helped take care of uh, whenever she could, and she just kind of buzzed off and and power jogged away, <laughs> which was very. 
you know, I feel like they did this on purpose. They very much channeled the Linda Carter sort of a, you know, this is the 80s and we're running like this because this is more aerodynamic. I don't know. It was cheesy. It was funny. And it's fun to make fun of. Like there are definitely moments in this movie where you can have fun making fun of it. There's no problem. Yeah, especially her running was not the most elegant when you look at it once like in post (laughs) it wasn't the best like in visuals um editing and just Mm -hmm. that whole aspect the the, kind of like the visual flow it was definitely better than the flash we're not we're not gonna say we're not gonna sit here and pretend special effects you know going like this was better yeah (laughs) got it special effects looked a little wonky Mm -hmm. yeah but at the same time, she just managed to pull it off just with her facial expressions, which a lot of people are also making fun of that. But honestly, I like how serious it is because it, she just seems focused, which is what you're supposed to be in that moment. And I'm not going to say that Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot is the best I think actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Godot is the best actress out there. But I, I see her and I do see Wonder Woman. Yeah, essentially. And I honestly, I really enjoyed Gal Gadot's um, portrayal of a more humanized Wonder Woman. This wasn't really necessarily a Wonder Woman movie. It was more of a Diana Prince movie. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I like that. Um, going into the a little bit of the action aspects, we do get plenty of action in the beginning. And then as we go through it, we see um, less Wonder Woman and more Diana, which at first on the first Mm -hmm. watch, I was just like, oh, where are my really cool fight choreography scenes? Where's, where's the tea? Where's the juice for this action? (laughs) But I did learn to appreciate um, the exploration of Diana being a flawed character and just being selfish for once, because Diana's not a particularly selfish character. It's not in her to be like that. She's constantly helping people. And doing the best you can for humanity essentially even though she's alone and it's kind of it's kind of a tough deal yeah like yeah everyone has their own struggle bus but she had a she, she's got a, a thousand year struggle bus ahead of her but yeah basically when she finally we get steve trevor back um watch the movie if you want to see how that happens but it's it is kind of weird. I feel like it could have been done a little better. When you start nitpicking the movie, there are some weird th- decisions that were made. They were strange. They were stranger things. <laughs> and But we do get Steve, Steve Trevor back and she gets selfish with him. Of course. Mm-hmm. This was like the only person that she she fell in love with ever. And she was hung up on him because yeah it's been 60 something years but then again she's been alone what else has she had to think about she she took care of it we see we can kind of conclude um from the pictures that they they show us in her apartment that she did after the war take care of his family like the trevor ranch and all of that um and his mom she probably took care of his mom until she passed that's tough that's that's (laughs) that's rough buddy that's what that is. But I do yeah. I do appreciate that we got that moment of Diana being more human and in this movie not being the fish out of the water, but really Steve Trevor was the fish out of the water in this era. 
And I liked that 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 cinematic parallel that we got here with uh, versus the first film, and you get to see how much Diana has grown uh, as a person, and she does grow as a character for sure in this movie. And I think it's for the better. I recently, literally just today, check fullcirclecinema.com. There's going to be a Wonder Woman 3 now, officially, which is pretty exciting because I really hope that it's modern day. Once we finally get like this character development, not necessarily out of the way, but we got a lot of it done, especially with this movie. Mm -hmm. So I want to see Diana at her 100% fullest power. Yeah, because we're still seeing, we're seeing a hu- a more human version of her. Mm-hmm. Because as you said, it's more a Diana story than a Wonder Woman story. And I think that's what bothers a couple of people. Mm-hmm. And not everybody, but I'm pretty sure that some people don't like seeing Wonder Woman be so weak. But the problem is that it's a weakness of her own making. It's something that she wanted. It's her selfishness, which then that is the whole point of the story that some wishes and some things carry a weight and they take mm-hmm even more of a weight from you so I did like that aspect especially we're seeing her grow as a person because we've also seen these films where she's in present day with Justice League and all that but we still need to understand how we get from here to here and this was the middle this was seeing more of how she because the first movie is her joining our world the second movie is seeing how she mends with our world and how she mingles because also she has to keep her identity a secret as we see in the mall scene when she breaks all the security cameras because Mm -hmm. she's a woman that can't die she's immortal Mm -hmm. so there are so many factors that we have to take into consideration when watching this film because it's pure character development Mm -hmm. yeah it's not I think it's very fun as a standalone film but it is definitely meant to be that middle ground between the stories like, you know mm-hmm. that there is a conclusion to her story for now coming. This wasn't it just yet. This was honestly the promise of something big. And it left me excited. It left me feeling mm-hmm. very hopeful. The message of the movie, I think, is really nice. Um, there are some moments where it's a little bit on the, it's quite on the nose with its uh, like metaphors and such. Um, I don't, I personally don't see that as a super huge, like negative for me. Like it doesn't ruin the movie, (laughs) honestly. Um, I didn't notice them until you pointed them out. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no. The thing is that Uh I don't think they were too on the nose. And Mm -hmm. if you feel that they're too on the nose, I mean, it's not something to get angry at because I just think that at this moment if you're going to make a political statement be as blunt as possible because again the central point of this story was about the truth and right now in today's day and age we have lost the acknowledgement of what exactly is the truth and what is real versus what is fake so I think that for that to be the central focus of this film was also very important and putting it in another time period was smart yeah. Yeah. If they had done it present day with that message, then I would have been like, this was a parody. Yeah. <laughs> this is extremely like awkward and on the nose. I like how I, I do agree with now that I see it, I, I can give it a better appreciation um, for the central story, which was the truth with um, I really liked her explanation of how the golden lasso works, like the lasso of truth. Mm-hmm. 
the truth powers it, not Wonder Woman, not Diana, not anyone else. And I think that's cool because it does have that kind of central message of these important kind of virtues, one could say, um, are powerful, Mm -hmm. even though we kind of take them at face value. But once you you acknowledge them, things like love and truth and hope, etc., um, they are very powerful elements to our way of living and just life in general. And, you know, not to get too philosophical here, but that being the central message of the movie in a different era really tells you how timeless this, yeah, how timeless this point is, how timeless the importance of this virtue is in essence. And I think that's death. I, I can believe Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot like wanting to deliver that through this story and what they intended. I think they accomplished this movie accomplished um, in general, overall, what it set out to do, which was to emit wonder and joy and glee and give a very, not, I don't want to make it cheesy, but it's like, it's wholesome. Mm -hmm. It's a wholesome message. It's it's a wholesome movie. It has its elements where you're like, that's stupid, but it's not that serious, to be quite honest. And I don't know. I just really, I really enjoy that aspect in the Wonder Woman movies in general, because we get to see a strong woman and just strong female characters in general talk about things that they don't seem as serious as like other like darker and grittier DC movies that I'm not going to name but they are important in their own right and I think that no matter what gender you identify as um no matter what these are things that apply to everyone and I think it's it's really nice to have such a uh, a universal message in such a big film because this is a big blockbuster and Mm -hmm especially now that it's on streaming, it's a lot more accessible to people in terms of distribution. The message got out. And I think that, I think that's nice. I think it, it set out, it did what it set out to do. Um, in terms of the second act and like story structure wise, after getting into the groove with these characters, this is about like an hour-ish in, we're almost halfway through the movie. Um, okay, we get to the groove with these characters, we get a little bit of action, and then we get a big, like kind of the movie's big action scene in the middle. I feel like kind of going back to the runtime, instead of adding that White House scene, not super spoiler, but there's a White House scene that we see in the trailers, you could eliminate that action scene and have that grander been the middle. Like with the, I don't remember where they were. I think it was in Egypt. Um, that mm-hmm. scene could have been a little bit longer, a little bit more elaborate, and more baba boom with the action, and and saved up on time. And I think it would have been quality over quantity. I do not know if you agree. Do tell. So I definitely think we could have done with less action scenes. The problem is that people come to Wonder Woman for the action, and people come mm-hmm. to DC EU films for the action. So I feel that some scenes and maybe even the White House scene were added specifically for spectacle, not for story structure. 
Oh, 100%. 100%. Like, you can and tell we could have added it. that in post. It. <laughs> it, they really felt like they were in there just to fill out the contract, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. They were fun, but like I said earlier, they were useless. <laughs> it's just Which one of those just, useless scenes. Yeah, so then I asked myself, are people here for the actions or are they here for the story? But then there are people saying there wasn't enough action, but then there are people saying there wasn't enough story. And the problem is that if you want story, have less action. We could have done without the White House scene. We could have had more story, which adding all those action scenes rushed the film after like the mid second act. From mm-hmm. that point on, everything felt a little rushed. It felt like we were trying to fit in a lot of things at the same time and definitely feels like a scenario where this film was too many cooks in the same kitchen. 100%. And I, you can tell that um, because it's not just Patty Jenkins behind this is a whole team of people and uh, writers and producers, et cetera. Um, you can tell they were trying to please way too many people at the same time. And you really, really, truly cannot do that with movies. You cannot please everyone. And yes, there are certain films that are kind of universally loved, like Star Wars, because, you know, it has a little, a little bit of everything, but it's a nice mix. Everything's pretty well balanced, but it's very hard to achieve that. And I think that's also why Star Wars has had such incredible success, um, because they, they strike that balance. But with this movie, you can tell, especially like you were mentioning the middle, the mid second act onwards, like a lot of people are like, oh, the third act is you know the problem no we can start a little <laughs> a little bit before that is where things literally start to feel like they're tumbling and they're kind of scrambling to get to the point the point mm-hmm. is made but they didn't get there very gracefully very cheetah like one could say which i think we should mention <laughs> pero pascal's max lord let's get into one, it yeah let's get into that we've been saving this this cookie <laughs> this sweet treat of discourse the entire episode i'm sure because if we started off with that we would just talk about pedro pascal for the whole episode um yes <laughs> would you so, like to wait on this? because he's yeah because he's such an integral part to the finale Mm-hmm. So Pedro Pascal, from the beginning, we see him. He's very charismatic. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to say it with my whole chest. He is the best villain of the DCEU. Not even I love him. That's just truth. That is, that's the yeah. truth. That's the, what powers the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so he gave such a good performance. And from the beginning to the end, we see how his character is what we're fighting against. We're fighting against the TV personalities and all those people that are trying to sell you something like magic in a bottle when Mm -hmm. oftentimes it's with the promise that it'll solve your life when it won't. Everything has a consequence. So I loved how his character perfectly was a foil to what Diana Prince wanted to be. And then the whole aspect again of her renouncing her wish and... Uh, her selflessness being able to mirror what Max Lord needed to do. I really mm-hmm. love that aspect. And also the way he interacted with Barbara Minerva, it added more to her character as well, which I liked because yeah. it would have been awkward if these characters did not add to each other as the central villains of the film. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, I like Pedrito. <laughs> we 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 all we all are going to be honest here. We also sent for Pedro Pascal, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but his Max Lord was honestly, like you mentioned, integral to the film. Like he he in many aspects carried the movie from how important his character was and how well he drove the story, like just on his own and his interactions with Barbara Minerva were so well done. And I think that the only, not gripe per se, but if I'm going to nitpick, the only elements that I could, I could think of that I'm like, this could have been done a little bit better was having Barbara be, you know how there's the main villain and then he has like the sidekick villain. (laughs) I feel like they could have gotten to that point a little bit sooner. Like, I feel like they delayed that a little bit. And I understand they gave Barbara her her own independent like moments, but I feel like she would have been a little bit more menacing a little sooner had she gone like, let's say, for example, that moment where she came full circle and I'll like beat this guy up, this guy that had harassed her. Um, If after that, shortly after she would have had that moment of, I don't want to be like Diana. I want to be the best around. Mm. (laughs) I think it would have been a little bit, it would have flowed a little bit better. And it also would have cut down on the runtime just a little bit. It would have helped just a little bit more. And yeah, yeah, I think her, her interacting with um, Max Lord sooner and being like, on his side essentially a little bit sooner would have also made for some really great action scenes that felt more well paced like having him do his thing because he's not really that villain that's like doing the fights it's Barbara Minerva that's actually doing the fight choreography having what they tried to accomplish in the White House scene which was her defending Max Lord um, having that a little bit sooner I think would have helped in terms of pacing tremendously and not only that, mm-hmm. um, but also the the whole character development and interaction. But they got there eventually. That you know, she got she had her moment of I want to be an apex predator, and that was pretty cool. I liked mm-hmm. that. Um, but again, I, my only grief is that it the, is literally the timing of it. If the timing were better, I feel like it would have flowed and meshed a lot better. But mm, Pedro Pascal really gave everything he gave us everything with his max lord um unlike his counterpart which i'm sure josie will speak of (laughs) in a moment (laughs) her new mortal enemy (laughs) no i feel so bad okay so so you guys are in um the thing is that when i was watching the movie my one because i i loved almost everything about pedro pascal i loved every scene he was in i loved everything mm-hmm. my only problem was that oftentimes when he was on camera something fell off and i didn't know what it was and eventually i found out what it was and i say this with so much kindness in my heart i don't mean anything of it I just think that uh, the child actor that was opposite him wasn't up to the level that Pedro was doing. It's it's Pedro's fault. It's all his fault because he was giving <laughs> <laughs> he was giving the performance She's of his the life. She was like, "This is not a good child actor." <laughs> 
I under I didn't notice it until you pointed it out, but he really gave us nothing. He gave so, he, yeah. he just sat there. The kid was so adorable, but he gave us nothing. <laughs> yeah, he was so adorable. So I don't know if it was him or if Pedro was just giving his all and nobody could compare to him. I don't know what happened. I'm trying to be nice, but it was just those moments where the kid was just staring at him and I get it. I get it. I would have done the same. I'm not a good actress. I would have done the same. I would have stared at Pedro Pascal and been like, you, you, you're cute. Yeah. What's <laughs> my line again? <laughs> but Pedro knew how to manage that because mm -hmm. I still felt for the relationship. And again, I commend him. I think he did a tremendous job and I can't wait to see where his career goes. I'm really excited for, for Pedro Pascal's future in film. Like, I feel like the he's been in the industry, obviously, for years. I feel like his first, yeah. like, super big role was um, Oberyn Martell in Game of Thrones. I think that was a really iconic character mm -hmm. for that season. And obviously, he did. Wonderful. And, but after that, he kind of, not fell off, but he kind of went a little bit more under the radar with his roles. And in the past two years, especially, in particular with The Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal has really like stepped up and had this opportunity to show himself as a blockbuster actor. Like he is honestly a showstopper. And I really hope that we get more of him, not only in the superhero genre, but just in the action genre in general. I think that he, he does, he handles it very well because he brings the, I don't know. It's just, it's just a certain je ne sais quoi. Maybe it's because we're simple. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but <laughs> no, because we're not the only ones. <laughs> we're not the well, I, you know, yeah, we're we're not simping because we're not alone. That that's what it is. But <laughs> he's just one of those actors that I feel like he's like a fine wine in every aspect. That's that's all yeah. I can say. And his acting and his beautiful just, face, but yeah. And <laughs> another thing I wanted to mention about his character was that. My my one gripe, other than the child actor, the child. <laughs> I'm sorry guys, <laughs> the child, not Grogu, not Grogu. No, Grogu gave us so, more than that child, and I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> but his motivation, I think, it was established from the beginning. He was a man that was humili humiliated in front of his son. You called him a loser in front of his son. That was enough character motivation. Uh, it felt awkward when we got those flashbacks of him growing oh, up yeah. as a person. Even though I liked when he set up his little office, I was like, you go, you go, Max Lord, even though you're practically <laughs> yeah. destroying civilization as it is, you go. But it, it felt awkward. It felt like it was forced mm -hmm. just to add um a diverse perspective on his character because we're clearly making max lord latino at that moment mm -hmm. which it was pretty obvious from the beginning because you let pedro pascal be pedro pascal so mm -hmm. i don't understand why are we parading culture because there was a clear motivation from the beginning that but, tamale was way so too that's another staged <laughs> Like, I'm pretty sure. Was that a tamal and guaraches? I, I, I'm 99% I'm <laughs> sure. I'm not going to, right now, I'm not going to go back and slow it down frame by frame. But I saw what I saw. Mm -hmm. And it was not a Pop-Tart. Yeah. <laughs> so, as, as Latinas, I think we can confidently say that it felt forced. And mm -hmm. again, 
Pedro Pascal trust him as an actor. He was already giving you everything. And I believed him 100%, not only as an actor, but as Max Lord. So that scene, I'm going to keep saying it. You could have cut it and saved yourself about 3.30 minutes. <laughs> Honestly, and not only that, we already... In the beginning, when he was getting called a loser, the guy that called him a loser called him by his full name, and his full name was Maxwell Lorenzano, that, but he shortened it to Lord. So we already know that he's Latino. So we have established that. We don't have to pull mm -hmm. out the diversity card with, you know, the Instagram-filtered flashback scenes. I don't, you know, to this day, I feel like every time I see flashbacks in a movie, I hate them more and more. We do not. If you're telling your story right, you do not need these cheesy, corny ass flashbacks what, telling us what we already know. I feel like it was, again, one of those little useless bits that could have been cut. It, it gave us nothing. It gave, <laughs> it really did. And I'm, and I'm not going to be sorry about that. But yeah, it wasn't necessary. But aside from- Because we already got his motivation as a single father exactly he's a single father he is trying his best to you know become great get, achieve greatness be a millionaire whatever is he a scam artist yes we have established that that's been established very quickly the movie starts off with him doing his whole tv bit of the oil and all of that we get that that was very quickly established very easy moving on i feel like they kind of tried to squeeze as much of that stereotype as they wanted to as they could have and it wasn't really necessary that that's also like one of the little nitpicky bits that I can think of for this movie and for Pedro Pascal's character overall but aside from that I feel like his character was the strongest it was definitely the the one with the least problems and issues any issues surrounding him just blame it on the child and yeah sorry <laughs> Just bl just blame it on the child and and the writing in general, the pacing, etc. Um, we're gonna sound like a broken record, <laughs> but overall, in general, it's a he did great. It's a good ass time. It's if you go yeah. go in with like a light hearted attitude with Wonder Woman, you're going to have fun. It's a fun movie. And if you take it too seriously, which it doesn't, it really doesn't take itself that seriously in a lot of moments, and you go with the flow, it's very enjoyable. And I'm not gonna, re you know, I'm not going to apologize for liking it and enjoying it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, essentially that. Um, we've discussed the action. We have discussed the characters. Um, the only thing, right, the the cheetah versus the cheetah versus uh wonder woman moment i feel like we need to give a slight nod to yeah so it was pretty fast paced for an action sequence mm -hmm. which i feel like if that's your final battle it, the build-up leading to it was alluding to something grander especially when she finally uses the golden suit with the wings mm -hmm. and everything and the like full-on battle armor you're expecting mm -hmm. something a little bit greater mm -hmm. and it ends a little too quickly for my taste which I would have rather had more of that instead of more of the White House scene but honestly just get rid I of the White House like scene she, yeah 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I liked how she looked. I was not disappointed. Also, just that was the moment where I was like, Kristen Wiig deserves more respect and more praise as an actress yeah. because you would have, I was concerned as well a bit with the casting because I've never seen her do action. And this is a perfect portfolio piece for her. This is like, hello, I was cheetah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Like she, Ghostbusters was definitely not her perfect portfolio piece. We're not going to acknowledge mm. that. This is her, her shining role of I can do action and comedy and I can do it well. And mm -hmm. I honestly, if the whole lore that Cheetah, that how Barbara Minerva actually gets her Cheetah powers eventually, because she does actually lose her powers uh, at the end of the movie. So mm -hmm. my deduction is... And yes, we're going to get into spoiler territory. If you're in this far, you already saw the movie. So yeah. my deduction, <laughs> my conspiracy for Barbara's character, since she loses her cheetah powers, because her cheetah powers were based on the wish, and because everyone had to renounce their wish, and Max Lord renounced his own wish, therefore renouncing everyone else's wishes, um, I assume that she's actually going to go with the OG storyline of her character and seek out that god that I cannot remember the name of right now, but I believe it's like an Incan or Incan style god in South America, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. I could be mistaken. Um, it was either South America or Egypt, one of those. I'm sure there's been like a million different versions, um, but she essentially she does seek out another god and she pledges herself to this god essentially. And that's how she turns into Cheetah. Mm -hmm. That's like the story that I know and one of the the more common origins of Cheetah um, herself. So I assume that because she had a taste of being the apex predator here, she's going to find a way to become that. And obviously she, you know, aging wouldn't affect her the same way. So if we get Cheetah in the future, in modern day with Wonder Woman and actually have like a whole Cheetah versus Wonder Woman situation as the central plot point to the film, sign me up i i'm here for that honestly i really like that and i yeah. in the cgi for cheetah i thought it was good it, it like you mentioned yeah. it also helped them that it was at night but it didn't i think it was a decent balance of christian wig's face and the cheetah features it was cool mm -hmm. um it didn't feel cringy uh and yeah i think it was well done and i would honestly like to see more that, like you said, I honestly, and that scene could have yeah. been longer. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then, and the armor, like you said, because it felt so rushed, the armor kind of lost its luster in a sense because we didn't get to see the grandeur of Wonder Woman literally spreading her wings. The wings were so short lived. The wings yeah. did not. Last. They died. They died on sight. <laughs> and I was just like, what the hell? And then um, my I saw the movie with my dad at first and he was just like, because I was complaining about the wings. And I'm like, well, the wings were kind of trashy. And he's just like, it held up an entire army of human men, not a superpowered cheetah. And I'm like, fair point. That's a fair point. True. You know, that's true. I, true. I can believe Even that. Men that. <laughs> exactly. In like ancient times where they basically had metal sticks it was just a, bu a bunch of human men that an Amazonian warrior could very easily take on. 
um, mm-hmm. which it did. Like, I was I was sad for the wings, but it served its purpose because it makes mm-hmm. you realize how powerful she, uh, Cheetah has gotten, Barbara has gotten, which mm-hmm. goes back to what I said at the beginning. I would cut a lot of things, but I like that we developed Barbara as a villain because mm-hmm. we saw her go from quirky girl to cool girl to whatever that middle part was with the fur coat <laughs> to Cheetah. <laughs> I don't like thinking about that fur coat and I'm not gonna lie <laughs> she kept changing out she was living her like, fantasy <laughs> she really was but it was necessary not entirely it was it was okay but the hair. <laughs> she literally went platinum from one scene to another yeah she dyed her hair from the office to Baba Yeet's room I don't get I really don't get that. That's another thing. That is, I wish we yeah. got, we dove deeper into the mythology and the lore. Mm-hmm. I feel like the lore was a little superficial. It was lost. I wanted more. Like, I remember, I'm not that, I, I don't follow DC Comics as much as I do with mm-hmm. Marvel. So I was kind of hoping that uh, Pedro Pascal's character would be kind of a Hades figure, like selling your soul to the devil. Mm-hmm. I wanted something like that. And then I don't think we established well the mythology in this film which that is one of the things that I feel we were lacking because that is so central to Wonder Woman, the mythology, as you mentioned yesterday. I wanted more. <laughs> yeah, because we got that with the first film and like, I understand that they didn't want to repeat the trope of this human, this God disguised as a human. We already got that with Ares. That, that mm-hmm. was, you know, milk to high heaven. We got Ares, that <laughs> happens. Cool. Um, so I like that Max Lord was a human, but I feel like we didn't get that into Max Lord's lifelong obsession into researching this artifact, which by the way, spoiler, the movie surrounded by his dreamstone artifact thing. And Mm -hmm. Diana was terrified of it because she saw the language of the ancient gods. And I wanted more. I wanted that Indiana Jones vibe (laughs) because- We could have gotten that and that is very- that's the time period. That's part of the time period. Give me right? that it was Indiana very Jones. If they had leaned more into Indiana Jones rather than Back to the Future, I feel like it, it would have been perfect. 10 out of 10, this would be a five-minute episode. <laughs> it was great. You know, they, there was a lost opportunity there in, in that aspect. If they had centralized the story more around that and we had gotten more of like, you know, the, the nitty gritty of the lore and the mythology and like maybe Barbara was also researching these things and, you know, hello, she's an expert in this and she barely spoke about it. She was the guy mm-hmm. in the chair for like a minute and, you know, did her own 80s Google search with the papers and stuff to help Diana out on mm-hmm. the origins wow. of the artifact. But all we got was Diana reading a book in some random place in Washington, D.C. and being like, this is a scary God. Okay. Okay. Give us nothing then. That's cool. I understand. They gave us a little bit, but I feel like where they kind of stretched the runtime, they could have cut down a little bit and then replaced that with that interesting lore. So yeah, the writing was definitely weak there. Especially because you are dealing with a South American villain. Like Pedro Mm -hmm. Pascal is a Chilean actor. Uh, You were, you gave him you allowed this character to be South American. Why did you not introduce a South American god? South America has so has such a rich history, has such rich culture, has such 
rich mythology. I mean, magical realism was born in South America, people. You could have done such a rich story by adding South American mythology. We Just add it. You pointed that out. Add like the we sabor. <laughs> Put the sabor in there and you got a re- like a clean story. Yeah, they could have really like, it's still a great movie, but it's mm-hmm. the caucasity of it all at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's it. That's <laughs> that's essentially it. Because like you mentioned, it's just we wanted more of those elements that are central to Wonder Woman. And then yes, mm-hmm. this was more of a Diana movie rather than Wonder Woman, which is fine. But not only did we not get a whole lot of Diana losing her powers, like I feel like it, the stakes did not feel that high. I'm not gonna lie like oh my god she's losing her powers but at the same time she sort of had them so it was okay and she still defended herself like the stakes Mm -hmm. did not feel as high as they should have been like if she straight up lost her powers after making her wish this would have been a very interesting movie because if she had to renounce her wish a lot sooner and then dive into the whole i have to say goodbye to steve trevor and that whole you know grieving over him again as she's trying to save the world again, mm-hmm. I think it would have been a lot more engaging in that aspect. It's still super fun, still very wholesome, um, doesn't take itself very seriously, definitely lighthearted in a lot of moments and serious when it does need to be. But yeah, there were a lot of opportunities that were lost because they were trying to please a lot of different types of people when mm-hmm. they really didn't need to in my perspective obviously from you know an executive's perspective they're like we want to sell this as easily as possible and because it is a mass market film but at the same time what's the point of a mass market film with when the mass the masses are just like not really liking it for so many it's like all over the place the negative opinions about it are so all over the place just like the movie (laughs) And the movie can feel yeah. a lot all over the place once you start to analyze it. This is just so common with female-led blockbuster superhero films. Oh, yeah. Um, so either way, I got it. It's Patty Jenkins is going to write the third movie. They're going to have a third movie. So either way, it's a win. What can I say? I I don't think there's anything (laughs) else I can say about this film other than we clearly liked it. It's fun. It delivers on so many fronts and it does have iconic moments that I'm pretty sure will be referenced in the future in cinema history uh, in general, especially superhero lore and superhero films. She learns to fly. She learns to fly. That is, I can't believe I just realized that. Like that is so sweet. (laughs) That was wholesome. She literally learned to fly. Because of Steve. Because of Steve. That's Now that's character development. I like that. I like that a lot. So with that closing scene, um, it definitely, you can wrap your head around the movie a million different ways and complain about it a million different ways. But at the end of the day, it definitely closed with hope. And like mm. very much leaving you with that sense of, okay, here's the, you know, here I'm ready for the next adventure for Wonder Woman slash Diana. Yeah. Does it have deep, substantial, like, does it have a deep, substantial story that's like, oh, cinema, 
No, I mean, superhero <laughs> movies DC. for me tend to be like, yeah, tend to be like sugar cereal. Like mm-hmm. for me, superhero films are the Fruit Loops of cinema, if you may. <laughs> so I enjoyed it. So more cinema toast you crunch. Can't come into- yes, you can't come into it expecting mm-hmm. like the grandest film ever. Mm-hmm. It's you're asking for too much. Just sit down, enjoy. Put away your worries and just take the film as it comes to you. Because at the end of the day, going back, this is my summary. It is not a film for everybody. It is a film Mm -hmm. for those that want to see a female superhero shine. Be Mm -hmm. human, fall in love, be selfish. Just want to see a woman be a woman on screen and also be powerful Mm -hmm. and wear armor and not be in a bikini. And, you know, just people want to believe that they can be the person on screen. So that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, super well put, as as always. Um, yeah, I'd, bouncing off what, what you just said, I totally agree. If you are a Wonder, Wonder Woman fan like we are, um, you're going to have a lot of fun with this. It is a wonderful movie. Um, and like we said, despite all the lost opportunities and all this and that and, and the story, et cetera, that's just us being critics. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just us doing what we're, we're supposed to be doing. Um, we're supposed to do. <laughs> we're supposed to do, yeah, because like we call ourselves critics, so let's critique. But you can critique without being a Debbie Downer. That's all. Mm-hmm. It, it, with this particular film, at the very least, like you take it as it is. <laughs> it's, it's still, it's kind of like, you know, indie uh when you're shopping it's like etsy versus amazon this is amazon oh it it is amazon (laughs) that worked i didn't mean to do that but (laughs) the universe said this will work for you for once um but yeah um closing little end credits before we sign off if you guys haven't seen the end credits do stick around for the end credit scene because i feel like the end credit scene could have been the end of the movie and i think it would have been fine anyway but do stick around. I think it's worth it. It brought me tons of joy, made me emotional. And again, very promising for the future. There is definitely a chance for continuity here. Um, and those that don't want the spoilers of the end credit scene, sign off. Um, but yeah, Linda Carter does become and is introduced as her own character in the the movie and is actually introduced as the original Amazonian uh, woman who had the the golden eagle armor and fended off uh, an entire army of men that had enslaved the the Amazonian women. So I really want to see her in the future of Wonder Woman. And I want to see this particular independent Amazonian character played by Linda Carter be almost as a mentor to Wonder Woman. Like maybe they meet up eventually. And they actually know each other by the time that it's modern day. So I think that would be really, really cool because imagine like that's how Wonder Woman learned all these techniques and like, you know, became more sure in her powers. Um, so yeah, lots of opportunity, lots of possibility. And Patty Jenkins, our eyes are on you for Wonder Woman 3. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But that'll, that'll be it for, for this episode. This has probably been a long one, yeah. but it's Wonder Woman. It's it's bound to be a long discussion, especially here. Um, where can we find you, Miss Josie Melendez? So you can find me at Film Posers 
um, basically everywhere. Also, you can find my personal account at the Josie Marie on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, and all of these links will be down below. And her Twitter handle, I always put like right underneath her her little video there. Um, and you can find me at Captain Melendez on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can also read, uh, we occasionally write reviews, especially Josie, who has been writing uh, reviews lately for Full Circle Cinema. So definitely, definitely, definitely make sure to go to fullcirclecinema.com to get the latest news and read all of our reviews and read uh, another fellow critic, Katie. Um, She wrote a wonderful review for Wonder Woman 1984. So if you want to dive a little bit deeper into another perspective, uh, in a written format, then go ahead and check out her review. I will be linking all of these things down below and be sure to subscribe and huge shout out to the love we got on the last episode when we reviewed Slay yes. the Series. We read your comments and I'm really happy that they were pr- relatively positive. And we even got a book recommendation that I will be working on getting very soon. Um, but yeah, I yes. really hope you guys enjoy this as much as we enjoy making it. and really hope that you enjoy this episode and future episodes to come and stay tuned be sure to stay subscribed to full circle cinema um here on full circle cinema network and that's all bye bye